have like a or was it Night of the Living Dead? I had a Night of the Living Dead shirt. Uh, I don't know that I ever had a Dawn shirt. I had a Dawn poster. Yeah, I had that as a poster. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, gotcha. I don't know what happened to that. Is who's on that poster? Is that Ken Forey? I'm trying to think like the bald that's associated with Dawn of the Dead. I, is that a zombie? I think it's a zombie. I think it's a zombie because his face is all fucked up, right? Yeah. But you don't see that zombie in the OG movie, I don't think. Well, or it's... I can't remember. Maybe it is... Is that, is that the original if, cover? It's one like, of the characters, maybe, and then that's like... No, because it's not zombies walking. It's definitely a zombie. Yeah. Um, God. What a great poster. It, what a great it's just movie. it's a great goddamn movie like the, the there's so much about it that is so like uh iconic and memorable like it's almost like i watched it with the uh commentary on and i knew every little scene and when you have a movie that's two hours long and that a lot of people deem slow mm-hmm. it's it's in like something that i haven't seen in maybe 15 years 10 years it's insane that it's so vivid in my mind like the even the opening with the uh the news red station carpet yeah like yeah. the news station the red like almost velvety looking carpet like it it reminds me of when i rented it as a vhs it was like a two vhs thing at like blockbuster or something i don't know it's just maybe my nostalgia uh has affected my love of that movie but it, i think it's pretty damn good god it's great. so good god like just I could remember the first 45 minutes of that, like every scene and like just the little energy, like the little character moments, like the one actor sliding down like the middle of the fucking thing. It's it's just so cool. Such a good movie. Anyways, we are not talking about that movie. (laughs) Welcome to the Vulgar Tours, where we examine the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We are on the first episode of our series on the films of Zack Snyder. This week we are talking about his 2004 remake of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I am Paco. I'm Jason. And I'm Terry. Zack Snyder. Yeah, so this this movie uh, I think holds up pretty well. Yeah. Did, did you see this originally, uh, Terry and Paco? I mean, did you guys watch this when it came out in 2004? I did. Like, I, I saw it in theaters it with my family, actually. Like, I my, was, my whole theaters. family went to see this in theaters. It was kind of hilarious. That's intense. That's, that's rad. Like, your 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 folks, like, liked the original movie? Or did I, they just want to watch it? I don't like, even a... know. I, I, was, I was trying to remember why. Because, like, my dad never went, went to movies. Like, it wasn't something that he did. But for some reason... We went to see Dawn of the Dead, so he must have he must have liked the original. But it, yeah, I just I vividly remember like the entire family, like including my little sister. It, it's wild. <laughs> Wouldn't she have been in like grade school? Yeah, dude, it's weird. I don't I don't know why all of us went to that movie. I, I can't. I just I, I I have no idea how this happened. <laughs> yeah, I think my like my sister, my older sister's friend Alla, took me to see this in the theater when I was like 14 or 15 or whatever, when this came out, which is mm-hmm. just bizarre. Cause it's like my friends, my, my sister's best friend took me to see this. And I remembered like loving it because I think 
it was like my introduction to the dead series i don't think i had seen night of the living dead or yeah, any of the Romero I definitely originals right. um, i saw so this it, before it, any it, of them yeah 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 i mean it, it kind of i feel like it has a nostalgia there where it ignited my interest in going backwards and i think that that's kind of the good thing of remakes of of good intentions behind remakes is you can enjoy them separately from the originals or go backwards and check out the originals. And this movie surprisingly does a great job holding its own while still kind of um, ushering in all of the really, I wouldn't say it has all the nuances or the, I think we were talking off mic, but uh, the Romero uh, Dawn of the Dead from 1978 is one of my favorite movies like of all time. Um, and one of those rare movies where I can't even imagine what the landscape was like in the early 2000s when this was being made because it had been maybe 10 years, a little over 10 years since Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were making a movie for a new generation of fans that had seen, you know, 28 Days Later. Um, zombies weren't necessarily... In fact, I don't think they're even called zombies. That's the big joke is in 28 Days Later, Danny Boyle's like, they're not zombies, they're infected with rage. Right. Yep. Uh, but it's like, it's so interesting seeing this. Uh, I mean, it was right on the tails of like the Texas Chainsaw remake, I think. Um, but it's About separate in a in a good way. Like, I can enjoy both movies separately in this way that, that you don't find a lot with, with remakes. Yeah, of like, this- especially classic movies. I uh, I didn't see this in the theater. I'm trying to remember. I was a wimp about horror movies uh, in the theater. Oh, I actually saw uh, George Romero's Land of the Dead before I saw this mm. because I did see that in the theater. That was the first Romero I saw. Um, Which, I mean, that came out a year after this one. Like, yep. I just can't even imagine that landscape of, like, George watching this movie. Like, did you guys find any, like, did George like this movie? Was he ever on set? Like, I, I couldn't really find anything up... about that. Uh, I listened to the commentary, and they don't mention George Romero once in the commentary. <laughs> really? From what I heard. I had it on in the background while I was working. And they do shout out uh, the other... Like, the people who make cameos, like Tom Savini. Um, but they don't ever mention Romero by name in what I heard. And they well, don't... To be fair, it's not that he wrote and directed the original or anything, but, you know... Yeah. And edited uh, the original. If they don't really talk about any kind of reverence. If the commentary is Snyder and one of his producers for the original. Like, they don't mention the original at all. Uh, so, I don't know if they had any love for Romero or vice versa. Interesting. Because they weren't very open about it. But one of the interesting things going back to this movie is, uh, I remember the previews making it look like an intense horror movie. And now watching it, it feels like an action movie, but with zombies. Like, he, I don't know if it's Zack Snyder doesn't want to do horror or he doesn't, set things up in a scary way, but it's just never suspenseful. No. It's more about the horror for him is the gore. And what's important to him is Well and even even the, the moments action. that are relatively tense are are like generally uh things happen really quickly and then it's like boop, we're over it already. Like 
It's not... He, he never spends any time, like, really getting into the horror aspects at all. Like, we the scenes progress quickly where there's something going on like that to get back to the action or something. Or more mm-hmm. boring-ass talking or whatever. Even the times where it's supposed to be scary, it kind of feels more of like a production, like a producer saying, hey, we need to kind of, okay, you're going to uh, restart the generator. And you have not Mark Hoppus from Blink-182, which all those security guards kind of look like Blink-182. Dude, uh, I just like the, but... the one guy, uh, <laughs> like... I've never seen him with hair, so I, I forgot yeah. that he was in this movie. I can't remember his name, damn, I should look him up. Mark Kelly. Yeah. Uh, he is, if you guys ever watched that fucking Netflix show where Kevin Spacey is president or whatever, he's like Kevin Spacey's fixer, and he's this creepy bald guy. He's uh, in a bunch of shows where he's a creepy bald guy. Like, <laughs> It is interesting, though, because um, there's a lot of this movie that is kind of um, awesome. You know, like, there was so much of this that was pretty vivid to me from, you know, the last time that I watched it. Like, the special effects hold up. Mm -hmm. The, like, the first, you know, we had talked about this before off mic, but, like, the first ten minutes of the movie, I think, are some of the, like, most riveting openings to a movie that I can think of. Like, it's not just, and and it's, I think, I don't want to go into Zack Snyder's filmography poo-pooing his later things but i have to say that like the quickness and and of course that's with james gunn's screenplay as well but like the first 10 minutes set up exactly what it needs to right for uh, like you're introduced to our main protagonist played by sarah Pauly, uh as the virus is spreading slowly in these tiny little moments of like, oh, they're, you know, she's a nurse, she's working at the hospital. Oh, mm-hmm. someone is in the ICU from a bite wound? What? Okay, then you're going home and the big theme is never have sex in the shower because if you do... There's well, there, there's, also, there's also a quick you moment the, in the uh, car where she turns off a, a news broadcast in the car where it's like an emergency broadcast and she switches yeah. it over to music. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and that's also... It sets up the when they finally do get into the mall and all of our characters are watching the TV screens for the first time, kind of letting it uh, wash over them what they're in the middle of. Like, there's so many great moments in this movie that drill home the entire concept of the original Dawn, but through a different lens. And I think that's, uh, you know, something that, that should be pulled from this movie is like it it feels like it was made by people who love the original movie and want to do it justice, but also pivot and make a movie that has a different tone and gets into genuinely like the humanity or inhumanity of the survivors, like with Mackay Pfeiffer's character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there is so much going on here. Um, that's wrangled really well in a hundred minutes. Like it, I was kind of surprised behind every turn by how like dynamic and fun this movie was. And there seems to be like, there's real thought behind some of the choices. Like one of the more fascinating moments for me in the commentary is, uh, they had a convoy of dogs going over to deliver supplies to, uh, the guy at the gun shop. And, Mm. Snyder and the producer were like, no, it needs to be one. And then we need to put like our characters in danger because that's 
that's what's exciting. Like, we can't have our people just sitting on the mall watching dogs. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah totally. I, I will and, say, though, that scene really pissed me off where it was like they had to go rescue her. Like, come on, man. No, but I mean, you, okay, I'm I sorry. I live but... with an animal fanatic. I'm just saying yeah. I could no, see. No, 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 no. I yeah, think totally. it's fine to go rescue the dog as the like character itself, but then for everyone else to go kill themselves rescuing that chick. It is, it is a little dumb, too, because she's like, Oh, hold on! Uh, Andy's coming. Hi, Andy. Oh, ah! Yeah, and then she's it's like, so she's like, please help it's me! So I just stupid. drove a truck into like a wall where, and I knew there was a bunch of zombies out here. And she's like, come I mean, please save I, me! I think You're there's putting... more to it because they're counting on the supplies there, so yeah. they the they have to stop there, and like it's going to get over. There's there's just a, there's a number of like what I would consider uh, like like deaths that were very easily preventable, and I think that's like sort of a theme. But it's also mm-hmm. frustrating to watch. But they're kind of, they're based in reality, though. Like, you have to think for that character, yeah, and gosh, I'm the worst. Like, she had just lost her dad, trying to well, struggle. I'm not saying and, the motivations don't feeling... make sense. There's just a bunch of those, like, typical kind of horror movie moments where you have to, like, yell at the I screen. I have to say, after the past 15 months, I'm a lot more willing <laughs> to give uh, dumb characters uh, leeway to be dumb particularly yeah. in pandemic situations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, well, I, mean I guess that's fair. Do you want to do you want to go into the uh the kind of general plot of this movie uh Terry or Paco? Yeah, uh there's a bunch of people and they're at a mall and the mall is surrounded by zombies. Uh <laughs> okay. Where uh, where okay, if there was a zombie out apocalypse, where would you guys hold up and why? And how long do you think you'd survive? Dude, I wouldn't survive. Are you kidding me? Like, I am not made for the apocalypse. Terry? Yeah, I'd probably kill myself in, like, I, I don't month. have any skills. Uh, I have no survival skills whatsoever. You're not gonna go to, like, the Footlocker or something? Dude, what, what, there's that, there's that scene in, in Zombieland where, like, the fat guy gets chased down by zombies, like, immediately. That's me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if I could, get out to the family farm because my dad is a bit of a survivalist. And, Mm -hmm. like, you could totally rig his place to be fairly zombie-proof. And he's already growing food out there. Uh, If I couldn't make it out there, I'd go to Costco and become a warlord. (laughs) Uh, Go up on the roof? Like, have, like, a... Yeah, shut all the gates. Like, windows or something? Like, become the dictator of Costco. Uh, You have all these, like, zombies with their Costco cards out, like confused like they're trying to do things like they did in life and they're just they're driving in with their priuses and stuff yeah how about I don't you know, i think well i mean i think yeah similar like i would go to like costco or hold up somewhere but like i feel like that's the allure of the original dawn of the dead is it's this weird celebration not celebration but it's like it's kind of a fantasy like if you think of like the world ending and oh you're in a mall you have access to whatever coffee you want you have access to like clothes and TVs and you're finding out that hey capitalism is a bunch of bullshit that you don't you know like you don't really need any of these none, none of these things keep you alive or keep you safe they're kind of an inner and especially in this uh, post 2020 pandemic year uh they're just kind of distractions while you just live hoping that death doesn't knock at your door or kill the people that you know you're uh you know with um 
and I kind of love that fantasy because um, this hits a bunch of my uh, it checks off a bunch of uh, boxes on my like what I love about movies like I love the conceit of regular characters put in extraordinary situations trying to survive so like okay you're in a mall perfect you have to like make sure that that mall is like locked down like i love the scenes of them just trying to like figure out like safe safety and security and comfort in this mall setting with thousands of zombies outside and there's this like weird uh like the characters take their time kind of unfolding and you i I don't know like there's something um really enjoyable about this movie that you couldn't have sold me on two months ago you know like Zack snyder is not one of my favorite filmmakers uh, just throwing (laughs) it out there um but dawn of the dead like right out the gates is pretty it's a strong monumental and you know, granted, he had been around, uh, he had graduated from uh, college in 1989. He'd made a bunch of music videos, including uh, a Morrissey video, which, you know, thumbs down, Soul Asylum, Runaway Train Baby, uh, ZZ Top, Rod Stewart, My Chemical Romance, uh, which I know is Evan's favorite. Evan's not here to defend that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's a huge Gerard Oh, yeah. Fan. He can't um, stop talking about how much he loves My Chemical Romance. Oh, it's just like, stop, enough. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I I think it's interesting to see that this is the movie that uh, kind of put him on the map. And really, I remember this making a huge splash. I mean, from here, he really started a big major trajectory that made him more of a household name um, and introduced a bunch of people, including myself, obviously, and, and you all as well, into... Romero's body of work and what this movie represents like in the scheme of you know horror slash action which I agree this is an action movie at its heart just set in an apocalyptic yeah it it seems to draw more from like Jerry Bruckheimer productions Mm -hmm. than it does Uh from uh Romero and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it infuses like that turn of the millennium energy into this and it makes it so dynamic uh it feels like where 28 days later is a lot more horrific uh this kind of is fun uh i mean there's there's quite a few moments that are legitimately supposed to be funny in this movie yeah it's it's like a legitimately just good time zombie movie which is kind of a contradiction not really because zombie movies are always entertaining but they're typically a bit of a bummer while they're entertaining when when you have these people on the roof of the mall uh with like signs with andy the like gun shop owner whatever across the way or whatever which what in what place would you have a gun and ammo store that close to the you typically malls are yeah that's true but um (laughs) i when they're going like okay shoot burt reynolds Mm -hmm. and literally they're like going like you know uh what zombie looks like a celebrity in whatever celebrity you call out the person shoots in the head like i think there's moments like that of like dark humor that are so fun and part of this world specifically but it also 
I was kind of blown away by two character arcs that I didn't remember being as special or um, kind of as emotional as they were. And one of them is Sarah Pauly's uh, arc mm-hmm. um, as our main character. There's there's one moment in the film where, you know, right from the get-go, she literally wakes up to have her husband getting eaten by this little girl that she'd befriended that was in the house and stuff like she's like not even awake yet when he's being attacked which is scary and then she's running trying to leave the house there's a shining montage of her in the bathroom uh, which was you know but like it's super physical performance um gets in the car drives away her husband uh, who's a zombie stops chasing her to go Mm -hmm. after a neighbor which is just chilling because he's not there He's not her husband. He's this monster now. And finally, when she like, okay, she meets some survivors. They decide to hole up in a mall. Oh, there's some douchebag security guards, which, you know, uh, run the place for a little bit. And she goes into this room to like collect um, some medical supplies. And for the first time in the movie, in like 45 minutes in maybe, she breaks down for one fucking second before one of the mall security guards interrupts her going like, hey, hurry up or whatever. And then she pulls herself together and leaves the scene. And that movie struck me, or uh, that scene, her, it struck me so much because you don't see that in movies often of like, she doesn't even have the time to grieve for her husband, to grieve for, oh, my family is all probably dead right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrified I'm with all these strangers and I'm supposed to survive. What's the point of surviving? What, like, you don't, to have that kind of complexity and sensitivity in a Zack Snyder movie of all things was <laughs> yeah. pretty, like, it really struck me. And then the second was Ving Rames, which I just, uh, like, I have to say, I'm a huge Ving Rames fan just anyway. Like, everything that he's in, he, he makes kind of remarkable, whether it's, like, Mission Impossible, the Brian De Palma original, uh, uh, specifically, or um, uh, The People Under the Stairs, the, the Wes Craven movie from the 80s. Like, or he's Pulp just Fucking he's a, Fiction. Pulp Fiction, of yeah. course. Yeah. Marcellus Wallace. I mean, okay, yeah. He's pretty amazing as Marcellus Wallace. But here... He, I mean, he's wearing a cop's uniform. Uh, uh, co- he is a cop. They, they inter- well, like that was maybe I'm just reading into this too much, but I thought it was so interesting. Like one of the character, a couple of times in the movie, someone is just like, "He's a cop." So what? We don't even have a society anymore. But it's also there's one throw-off line where it's just like. You know, we don't even know if he's a cop. Who knows if he just put on a uniform and? I mean, that's fair. T- for, but but I mean, in a way that's interesting to me. Like this I mean, new I, world, I, I, I you're not going to do anything to protect yourself. Like I, I read him yeah, I did because he had the army tattoo on his arm. He had I, the yeah. I did, I did. I did too. But I'm just saying, like to the other people that he meets, who can you even trust? Like, I, well, I see, I but know, that's, just that's kind the of, thing, though, because he's wearing. Okay, so I think you bring up a good point in that, but I think it's used uh, poorly uh, on the guy who's like the gangster, you know. Where mm-hmm. everyone racially profiles that guy, and it's like kind of bad, actually. Mackay Pfeiffer, is yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer, the father. Well, so with um, with Ving Rhames, there's his whole arc is he's trying to get to this fort to uh, be with his brother. Yeah. Um, 
And when these new batch of survivors come, they say that, oh, we came from that way like everyone's dead. And he's devastated. And in this way that's... He's super, like, masculine but and super stoic, but you see clearly that it hits him super hard under his armor. And then he cre- he uh, builds this friendship with this uh, ammo gun store owner across the street, Andy or whatever, and they're playing, like, chess through these huge whiteboard signs. Um, they're creating this, like, friendship that's really sweet, surprisingly, like... Andy you kind of fall in love with even though you don't hear his voice until like right. near the end of the movie and uh he immediately if becomes you're li- if, you're, a zombie. Mm-hmm. if you're listening to this obviously we're going to get into spoilers but seeing um Ving Rhames's character uh Kenneth um break down over the loss of his brother find this new person who's kind of his like uh what's the word like his uh surrogate brother for lack of a better term but like he's kind of finding something to live for of like friendship or this like he even calls him brother a couple of times um when andy ultimately it which i i did kind of la- i'm just kind of an asshole but like i did kind of laugh when you know he's like you know he's calling out to andy or whatever and you see this like guy who clearly was attacked by a zombie and is a zombie <laughs> like finger painting <laughs> on his side <laughs> It's it's heartbreaking, but also funny. But like seeing him lose Andy almost made more of an impact and broke my heart more than when his brother died because that was his way out of this darkness in his head. Mm-hmm. And like Ving Rhames is this amazing actor. Like he's super. I mean, he he's a large, tall glass of water who's also super hot, super bald, super like stoic. The idea that you could see this man break down in this way that's not necessarily physical, in a way that's typical. Like, you don't see him break down, but you see clearly that, uh, you know, that he's... I, I don't know. There, there was just something There's... kind of beautiful. Like, his performance was... I mean, not to go too... I mean, that's my saving face, but, like... His arc was, uh, I was just kind of uh, struck by. Um, it, it really was powerful in this movie that is a summer blockbustery type of movie in this action zombie movie. You have this really intense um, emotion here that Ving Rhames completely delivers flawlessly. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think that... The there's more humanity here than what we'll see in future Snyder movies. Uh, I still don't think I clicked with it as much as you did. Yeah. Uh, to me, most of the characters felt more like um, character types that weren't particularly fleshed out by the script or direction, but honestly this is a great group of character actors who are really putting their all into building these characters so maybe some of that's on uh zach it's it's hard to tell because i mean i i did appreciate that it wasn't like there was no huge names this is like a group of people i think that uh like i'd say ving rames and mckay pfeiffer were both pretty big at this moment were they like like yeah 
Yeah. That's fair. And like Mackay Pfeiffer is pretty great in the movie as well. In this probably one of the more darker I mean, his entire arc is really dark and i was struck by that as well of like and, yeah, well, and, and that, that one mm-hmm. like you see it coming though because like we learned really quickly oh. that the bites are like the way it spreads and so like you know right from the beginning that well that for it's sure it creates mm-hmm. it creates this dynamic tension where you're like okay she's bit before anyone is kind of surmising that a bite makes you <laughs> infected and then okay he's not letting anyone near her and stuff and you're like okay maybe she's turned and he's like whatever the idea that he has her held hostage chained while yeah. before she's even turned i i, is I so didn't I, I wish that um, we hadn't skipped the intervening time though I, I would have liked to have seen uh how he had kept her secret rather than just mm-hmm. skipping to when she was giving I kind birth. of i kind part of, of that, that was he was shooting i forget what he was shooting it might have been ER because he was a regular on ER at that time. Oh, uh, so they didn't have a ton of him. Uh, gotcha. So he would fly in and do a couple of days and then have to leave. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, but like I think it's a smart way to get around it, and I think it works because uh, we know she's bitten, and then the fact that he's sneaking away is a well set up way to deal with it so that then we get that surprise. I I just mean that the, like there's not a lot of tension built up. It's like, she's bit there's, there's a montage. And then like, then it's the the scene of her giving birth. Like I just wanted there to be a little bit more in the middle, but I felt that way for some of the other characters as well, because like the, the montage does too much work, uh, for like, I guess it's probably like what, like a week, two weeks, whatever that they're there. I don't know. But I, I think that's the I interesting think it's part. A month or two. Is it a month or like, two? Okay. The, well, it's the idea that Andre is separate. He's completely removed his wife and him from everybody, yeah. and that's what makes him kind of mysterious. And you know, Anna uh, Sarah Pauly's character is just like, "Hey, I want to check on you know your wife Luda or whatever. I think her name's Luda. Yeah, Luda. Um, just to see how she's doing." And he's like, "No, you know," and you're just like okay that's kind of sketch like i wouldn't wait a month if this if there is someone who is pregnant and the husband was like nope you're not allowed to see her i'd be like okay sorry bud but but what do you uh, what do you tell a man with a gun though i mean like that's sort of in this position we've already seen that any man with a gun can control the situation like that's that's like a a theme in this film but there's also the cops There, there there's a cop you know, it's like no one is going to call him out just to go like, hey, you come here for your stupid bubble tea or whatever every morning. Who Like, where's your what? Like, what's going and on? You know, they like, sort of set it up that the wife doesn't hang out a bunch anyway. But that's why I'm wondering and if it's she more doesn't like a couple of weeks and speak not a couple English. of months, though. Now, I think it's a month at most because she's. I mean, because in that case, though, I'm kind of with Jason then. I think that's a long time to let that go. But I think that's inter- Well, it's interesting too because if she was bitten and it's been a month, she's clearly not turned by the time we see her again. Like she dies and yeah, comes cause, back because like, yeah. moments. It, it, it usually like, happens really fast, though, her? right? Yeah, it happens in like a day. Yeah. Holy shit! None of that makes sense. Right. That's what I'm getting <laughs> at here. Like how Unless much time? The baby, but maybe it took longer because it was also going into her womb or whatever. Well, no, it's because she's of, I mean, she's not actually turned. Uh, until like the, like she's infected, you can see she's got all the the veiny blue shit or whatever. But 
but like she turns after she she finally dies but like uh, that whole time she's just infected. That was kind of gross, by the way. Like that's what I remembered from uh, oh, when yeah. I was younger was how sweaty that scene is. Like her tummy is this green sweaty thing. Mackay Pfeiffer is sweating the entire it's movie. It's nasty. It looks it in like her uh, exploding blood uh, between her legs onto the mattress. Yeah, her chained up while she's giving birth. If and then the like nice lady who wants to help out like there's this gunfight that's just dude bizarre. right yeah. like, it's just well, like the nice lady who wants to help out just fucking headshots her well i, I love that right dude. because it's like at yeah. these people are like zombies must die it's like a reaction like shoot zombie yeah but i mean you know i will say um uh, paco you were saying that like there is some a little bit of flatness and like i think one of the big kind of giveaways of like some of the blandness is jake weber which i I think jake weber is a great like character actor but there's one scene in particular that is just so ridiculous where i they're like talking and they're getting to know each other and stuff and he's just like what was the worst job you had and he's like I was a shitty husband. <laughs> what was the best job? And, you're, and first of all, you're like, okay, what made you shitty? Uh, first of all, being a husband's a job. Let's talk about that. Well, so I mean, but, but the, it was I also, mean, that scene. That it, scene is just a setup for what follows, which is like, but but it's also let's let's cut to the chase of like, okay, he was a, a husband, but what what were you good at? He got fired from a being good a husband father. three times. That is true. Like, <laughs> yeah. My wife fired me. No, but it's just like I was a I was a good dad. Cool. Let's have a long beat where everyone realizes that your wife your wife and kids are dead. I don't yeah. know. It just was like a weird Hollywood way where like no one is gonna fucking say that. I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I feel like in the grips of like processing everything and if you think you're gonna die in like a day or two, like you're probably going to be more open. Like I'm more forgiving in that situation than I am in a lot. Well, and like when you put people in that situation, like those kind of extremes, like drive people together. So it makes sense that he would like overshare or whatever, but it's, it is a, it is an awkward scene. It's, it's just definitely awkward phrasing. You could, yeah. you could say, you could do that in different ways of like him putting, like maybe there's a photo yeah. that he keeps brandishing or something. And you look and it's like his Ferrari and he's like, I miss my baby. But I mean, again, I, kidding, I think that scene, it's, just like, it, it's like the point is, is that like, oh, they're all at a table and they're all the little place settings. And then later on, like after all the shit goes down, it's like, how many people didn't come back to the table? Like, it's just, I, I, I it's like they want to create this sentimental moment so that they can then introduce this tension of having like a bunch of people get zombied. Well, I also really appreciated the relationship between uh, his character, um, uh, Michael and Anna, uh, because like what Anna's husband or boyfriend or whatever had died yeah. <laughs> like viciously mm-hmm. and is a zombie and stuff. And they're not necessarily, maybe they're flirting a little bit, but they're like, kind of flirting. There's, there's a bond friendship love thing there that isn't so um, like, it doesn't hit you over the head that by the end of the movie, when ultimately Michael sacrifices himself to go like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm gonna be. Did you guys watch watch the the director's cut or? I I watched the regular OG. Think I watched the director's cut. Was there a scene where they kissed on the bus? Yeah. In yours, David, or why did I call you David? Jason. 
Jason Mears doesn't have that? No, not at all. Okay, because in the commentary they talked about how people didn't like that her husband died and she had found love Ooh. again. See, I, okay, so, I was wondering about that because at the very end, the, he, they don't kiss each other. He just like holds her hand and like smooches her hand. And I was like, come on, man. Yeah. No, but but I, I thought that was beautiful, though. For And, and for, for another, too, is like, you know, you don't need movies to like how many uh times and like horror movies and other things where you see like if you go through extraordinary circumstances and crazy shit then you find comfort in all sorts mm-hmm. of places well and i'm fine with that like i just want to see but, it but i i liked the um there maybe if he had gotten on the boat and he wasn't bitten that they could have had a happily ever after thing but I think that, that I don't want to happily ever after. I just respect... want a little bit of passion between the characters. It isn't just like subtext. No, but I, but but I I didn't necess. I don't think that they needed passion as much as like their survivors together who have both been through trauma and lost their ones that they loved. Mm-hmm. And I think that their connection uh, is really fascinating and beautiful in a way that's not necessarily tangible or like flesh i mean that's that's and I fair think that was pretty cool i, I, I like, did I, not I appreciate it i did not connect yeah. as emotionally to the characters as you did so like i appreciate that nuance I'm i definitely <laughs> thought those no those but i mean that sincerely i just didn't the heart of the movie and like they're like, the best human part of it yeah but we haven't touched on my favorite part of the movie yet ty burrell uh, I do love Ty Burrell. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I remember hating That's his sorry. character when I was younger, and I still did now. He's just such a great asshole. You love dirtbags, I know. Oh, he's great. Dude, great I fucking... Asshole. You give me a movie that's nothing but dirtbags, and I will have a great time. Uh, oh, yeah. Watch The Dirty Dozen. May I recommend a movie called Wrath of Man. Uh, also, The Dirty Dozen. <laughs> I, I do want to see that. Um, that's the Guy Ritchie uh, his yeah. movie with... Uh... It's just... Dirt bags, uh, driving armored trucks. It fucking rules. It's so dumb. Sounds great. Uh, anyways, uh, I would argue the real star of this movie is the fucking incredible practical effects. That's fair. They uh, are very good. It, it, like, Snyder clearly has an incredible eye for action, too. Like, obviously, a lot of that is second unit, but not all of it. And uh, the way he sort of uses slow-mo in this movie is not how he would get kind of teased for it a few years later where he uh would overdo it i mean there's still more of it than there should be but he does kind of hold it out for special moments and the action on the whole is god this movie made me scenes that are really good nostalgic for the mid-aught action movie, which was not a great period of action movies, but this is a great showcase of what they could do. Well, th- uh, this is weird. Like, Shaun of the Dead came out the same year. Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, which really is one of my favorite zombie movies mm-hmm. as well. And yet both contrast each other completely as separate, like, crazy cool entities. And it's... T- Two filmmakers with their first movies who will go on to do, I would argue, some of the most interesting and some of the most uh, 
influential stuff in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In their own ways. Well, like, I will say, like, before we watch this movie, something that I remember clear as day is the, like, escape from the mall when they've had these, like, armored up mm-hmm. buses where there's, like, a slit for the chainsaw to go into. They're throwing oh! propane tanks can, and shooting can I, shit. Can and I talk explosions. about something like, that I'm so yeah. fucking stoked about? Uh Okay, it has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, Perfect. But uh, I was just listening to this uh, conflict reporter talking about how in Greece, these like autonomous anarchist cells have figured out how to uh, destroy the failsafe on propane tanks. And they will stick a firework into like a gas tank and throw it like a grenade at like police stations at like six in the morning. Uh, and like, I listened to that report and then the next day I watched this movie where they do exactly that to zombies. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if those fucking Greek anarchists got the idea from this movie. I mean, I'm sure this movie didn't create the idea, right. but, but I mean, it's used for to great effect. You're talking movie. about Greece, like the movie, yeah. like the musical. For a second, I was like, oh, I was no, reading no. about Greece and John Travolta. Yeah. Used that time to when do the John Travolta was shooting say. people with an Uzi. Yeah. Well, it, no, I think the that's... anarchists aren't trying to kill people; they're just trying to blow up buildings. <laughs> well, I, but, I, that was... I mean, they're idiots, so they'll probably get somebody killed. But it, that was one of the cutest, dumbest moments too. And they throw the like propane tank, and the zombie like lifts it up over its head yeah. and shit, and they just blow. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid, but like. I, the explosions in like the some mass of, some of, of the zombies. explosion I think I think that was a little bit of CGI though. Yeah, it, it but, but I was. but I liked it. Like it, like the first explosion happens in the first part of the movie where like a there's like a huge like helicopter shot which it all looks CGI really but there's like a car that slams into another car into a gas station big explosion and then you know Johnny Cash is talking about virgins with their wicks and shit but. Great, great song. The man comes around, but um, like the explosion with all the zombies, where you see the percussions throwing the zombies back, and of course CGI and whatever. But like, it, it really is cool in a way that's different from like World War Z, where you have like thousands of CGI zombies, like an ocean of them, where you're like, I don't feel the threat of the zombies. Versus here, of course, there's CGI zombies and stuff, but. They, they were using similar tricks to Romero's original where they were using um, uh, uh, amputees, like one of the mm-hmm. zombies in the underground part that was like climbing or uh, uh, with their, their hands like climbing on the, the pipes and stuff. Like they were using a lot of really cool uh, new tricks and zombie like gore effects and things, but also they use the running zombies like when the truck comes with like Tucker and all those mm-hmm. people and stuff where like... Makai was it it's Jake Weber's character and is it Makai Pfeiffer? No, it's No. For what? Who's uh, on the truck or who goes... they, they go out to the truck. Was it J- uh was it Michael and Kenneth Ving Rains? I, I kind of think it's Makai Pfeiffer. Oh really? Yeah, like they go okay. out to go get those people and there's all these fucking zombies running Rams. at them. No, and you're no, just it's like, Mackay Oh, Pfeiffer, this is dope. Right. This is exactly like if you open the door, you're not gonna have which this is kind of an interesting thing too. So like 
in the original uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, the zombies are in this like bluish grayish makeup, which may look ridiculous now. And, and really, I mean, it's it's kind of hokey, but I love it. But they're kind of lumbering around in the classic zombie way. Mm-hmm. In this version where they're running, they feel much more threatening as opposed to like, in a, and again, I'm in love with the original movie. Like, I think it's a perfect movie. But instead of like Ken Forey, you know, running around people that, you know, all these zombies and stuff that are kind of lumbering around, you have mm-hmm. these ones that are literally trying to kill you. Uh, which granted, they're like, okay, I'll bite you and then move on so that you can become a zombie. They're not like trying to I mean, eat you. You know, like, they are when they get a chance. Like we don't really see a good disemboweling in this movie, I guess. But no, but they they eat people. There's a scene of them yeah. people getting eaten. But but what did you think about the like running zombies or like this contemporary version of like Dawn of the Dead and and what the I, anti-capitalist you know kind of vibe of the OG one from the set from 78 versus this one from 2004 like post Bush I don't know if there's any anti-capitalist stuff in here yeah there's definitely uh in from the commentary the big the closest thing to a political point that can be made is when uh Ken Forey is talking in the like televangelist address mm, uh, I love that Gives they, the classic yeah, it's a great homage to the original, but they do. Uh, Zack Snyder was like, I had him throw in a thing about gay marriage because, you know, he thought it would be an interesting political thing to touch on. Uh, but beyond that, I don't think he's necessarily a particularly political person. I don't think he has complex thoughts about capitalism. Or consumerism, uh, I think he's a very, very talented director. Uh, I just don't think he's interested in some of those elements of the original. Uh, I do think that 28 Days Later coming out and changing what zombies are uh, was huge. And again, where that movie uses the running infected for horror. This one uses it more for action, but it makes for some thrilling action because like there's not many times where you can get a couple dudes with guns mowing down unarmed crowds and have them be the underdogs and have it be an exciting scene. That's fair. Uh, But it's really well done. And every set piece in this movie is incredibly well executed. I love Jason. Did you have uh, if you didn't have them kissing on the bus? Did you have him explaining how the chainsaw like things yeah. work? Okay, yeah. that scene was awkward. Which it, it's funny too because it's kind of like how disposable some of these characters are. Like the like blonde uh, woman uh, Monica who's with Ty Burrell, and there's like in during the montage scene, there's like this like obligatory like butt fucking scene or whatever, you know, like <laughs> just you know, which I mean, but but you have her last for a bulk of the movie without knowing anything about this character at all, mm-hmm. only to have her chainsaw. Well, it's it's the same with the organ player guy too. I mean, there's only enough time for so many characters. Well, then why include them though? 
by Glenn. Because uh, you need people to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I was also just like, it was funny too. And I actually kind of liked that. Uh, it's not like you had the most uh, memorable characters survive up till the end. Like you have her and like the other, like older guy with the, who's kind of bald uh, mm-hmm. who chainsaws her yeah like it, i i kind of like that and i kind of like the dumb wink wink of like ty Burrell's character which he's kind of this i mean he's an asshole he's like this a businessman guy he's talking about a yacht or whatever and he's just kind of like an, he drinks aquafina i and, uh, i read him as a lawyer because that's just i think that they like the worst people see on i Earth. found him I found him more as like a Hollywood agent type. If you can think of that type, that's literally him. But yeah, a lawyer, he he sets up this thing with Sarah Pauly where he's just like, hey, you know, you have my permission. If I'm ever a zombie, you know, you have my permission to blow my oh, fucking head yeah. off. And I'm just like, okay, I know what you're doing, you, you little, you little, you know what. And uh, lo and behold, his scene at the end was really rad. Like he looks like, you know, yeah, he looks like Benny. At the end of uh, the Mummy, or whatever. <laughs> That's for Evan. <laughs> That's for Evan. Did he you... looks like you know in the Mummy where like the Mummy in the nineteen ninety whatever, and Nine. it's like the Mummy came back to collect a bunch of organs and shit, and all of the lighting is dark and stuff, and it's just kind of like he reminds me of him or uh, Gleason in Twenty Eight Days Later when he gets the blood in his eye and he's like freaking out, which is is kind of my favorite part of that movie is is it's it's devastating and tragic but also like low-key funny maybe i'm an asshole but it's just like uh do you remember that at the end of brendan gleason gets like a crow is eating like a corpse or something and blood yeah, falls in his blood, eye yeah. and he's just like get away from me everyone and stuff and he's just like get freaking away. out it's but it's i don't know i'm evan cut out the last 30 minutes but um, Anyways, uh, yeah. I don't know what point you were trying to make. Uh, no point. I just I, I love zombie shit. Uh, uh, no, but uh, Ty Burrell. It's just kind of like some interesting. Uh, like each of these characters has kind of a memorable death scene, or it's quick enough where you're just like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> you know, like Andy, mm-hmm. the gun store owner. You're like, okay, you're building this relationship, and then nope, they're gone. You know, like I kind of like that, and I like that. There, I mean, maybe, yeah, Ving Rhames, Mackay Pfeiffer are probably the biggest stars uh, in this movie, but really everyone feels like they're threatened, like no one feels untouchable, and I kind of like that in a movie like this, and it's kind of similar to the original Dawn of the Dead, where you're not hiring stars because that creates this predictability where you're like, obviously they're not going to kill Mark Wahlberg. Mm. Uh, I mean, I didn't think that they were going to kill uh, Sarah Polly. Sarah Polly. And yeah, and she had been around for so long, like she might not have been on their level, but I mean, she's been in some significant movies. She's also a great director too, in her own right as well, or I guess since. uh, I think, yeah. uh, Away from her, like. A couple years later. uh, Yeah, a couple years later. Yeah. But she'd done a couple shorts before, but had not done a feature at the point this was made. I guess we should go to ba 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 saving face. Saving face. 
saving face. All right, I'm going to throw to myself this time. Uh, change it up. I've never done it before. Uh, I'm going to go with Jake Weber as Michael. Yeah, I thought you might say that. Yeah, I feel like he's kind of the undersung utility player of this movie. He's not as flashy, but he carries a lot of the heart of this movie. Uh, I think he was probably an inspiration for Glenn in The Walking Dead, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a very, very flawed TV show. But uh, both characters have like an earnestness to them and sort of a newfound sense of place that they didn't seem to have before the zombie apocalypse. And uh, I don't know. There's there's just kind of like a... He does a lot of great work with what is not necessarily an incredibly fleshed-out role on the page. And... I wanted to give him props for that. Yeah, I mean, he has uh, so many scenes that stand out, and he's the first person that our protagonist, Sarah, meets, like, with the others, right? Like, she's... No, she meets Ving Rhames yeah, first. Yeah, she meets Ving Rhames. But isn't he with Ving Rhames, though? No, like, he's, no, no, he's with, he's Mackay, with Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh, sorry, okay. his uh, girlfriend or wife or whatever. Well, like, what I love about Jake Weber's performance, it, it, it all comes down to the moment where, uh, and we haven't really talked about Michael Kelly as CJ. He's like kind of the leader of the security well, guard. That's because I don't think who, his arc is as strong because like, he's like a shithead. Well, and then all of a sudden he's, he's their not. His, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense if it's a month. But he, well, after but does our it, math on the pregnant stuff, but does it, it even in a month? Because like he forced him to go down into the basement uh, or into the parking garage. Like he's like at, at gunpoint, and then all of a sudden later on he wants to die for everyone. Like what is going on? But uh, CJ is the mall security guard who's kind of in charge and is like. It has when everyone breaks into the mall, he's the one who's kind of leading shit. When he's like low key, and, like a Republican. Yeah, and like I think he says the uh, the bad f word and shit. Like, there's some like weird. No, it's not. It's not him. It's the other guy. But he says while they're watching television, he's like, uh, like America always takes care of their shit or whatever. Like, oh, gotcha. But no, it's it's the the other schlubby guy who who says the bad f word. He has like this redemption, but it doesn't feel necessarily. We we don't see any of it though. All of a sudden, he's just their friend. Well, this is part of the problem with a movie like this is when you have like 20 characters, you have to be like parcel out how you want to develop each one. And his just kind of like, okay, he's a good guy now. And like he ends up dying to protect everyone. And that's great. But uh, but what I'm getting at is that Jake Weber has this awesome scene with him where uh, he still has the guns and stuff. And uh uh, Jake Weber as Michael is de-escalating the situation by like giving him control, like kind of um, like manipulating him in a way. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's situation. even subtle like, though. Hey. It's like clearly he's stroking his ego. Oh, of course, but 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 like I think that is a great scene because you're showing that he's courageous, like he's our other hero, but he's also not like overpowering him and doing something shitty. He's trying to be as diplomatic as possible, which 
if something like this happened and occurred and you had to work with other people, you would most likely, hopefully, try and do yourself to, like, de-escalate a situation. I think his performance really drills that home as well. Like, he's trying to keep everyone safe. And, and I think that that's, that's a really hard thing to sell uh, you know when you're not like the typical bravado bullshit character like a hero you're part of an ensemble but you're also uh, this sensitive you know he was a good father at some point either way i agree with you Paco. what about you terry what what performance kind of um uh, sunk its teeth into your in the, into your uh, arm and 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 chained you to a bed to have birth to a demon baby with fake cgi right eyes. I mean, I definitely didn't connect Sorry. on the same level uh, to the characters like as as both of you did, but I do think Ving Rhames probably stands out. And I I'm this might be unpopular, but I didn't care for Jake Weber as much. Like, not because I don't I think Jake Weber's a fine enough actor, but I think that the script like he's like kind of like a Gary Stu. Like he he's like too much of an everyman and then he's inexplicably good at like everything and it's like difficult for me to suspend my disbelief a little bit. But I think that his character still like works in the film. I just didn't like it, it like I think the other characters are more interesting, I guess. Mhm. That's fair. But but Ving Rhames for the reasons we discussed earlier and then also just for being like the coolest dude like in that whole situation like he he never gets like like flustered like yeah it's it's like it's i like to see a character who's calm under pressure like that in a situation like you know because often people like freak out and it's like kind of silly and ving rames is like just chill all the time even when really bad shit happens it's like like he shoots andy's like sorry brother and like yeah (laughs) but that's it it's like he's he's not like an emotional character and i think it works in that role but i mean obviously he's bottling things up as we talked about but it definitely like it's nice to have someone steady I also do want to give an honorable mention to Sarah Polly because True. she carries the movie and she doesn't get as much to do as a kind lot of, of unfortunately, characters. right? Because she started. It's, yeah. yeah, it's her story, but uh, but we lose that though in the second half. Yeah, she pretty much disappears from like forty minutes of the movie. But I think that that's yeah. part of like the uh when the second half occurs because like they you know uh what is it they uh they kill the dad that has been bitten which is actually which, kind of a, that, that's, a really emotional no that scene was scene. really good especially when she comes um, in she's like michael's gonna shoot you and it's like yeah i mean it's 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 like <laughs> funny that, like, but it sets up this that really tense scene where like he kind of has to oh, yeah. come to terms with his death in real time and then everyone just like lets him shoot him like it's it's fucking hardcore well it was also just like it's it's interesting just because like they're waiting for him to turn before they shoot him yeah and it's just really heavy and then it cuts to a new day and then it's almost like okay sarah Polly was our main character but now they're a family or like they're a new community that are now trying to survive where i felt like then everyone kind of becomes more of the protagonist um but uh you know going off of that i think that my favorite actor was uh lindy booth as nicole who was that guy's daughter because if your dad gets bitten and you know may die, and then you mm-hmm. give the "I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you" eyes to this random security guard, <laughs> you notice that scene? I was like, "What? <laughs> where did where'd that yep. come from?" 
I kind of love this. So I think she she takes the cake. That is legitimately there's this two second moment of her just looking at him, just like, "Hey, Dad, just hold on for a second. I'm gonna fuck the shit out of you." I mean, it's the implication the is that somewhere thing. after the dad's death, that indeed does happen. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's why the movie's rated R was that look alone. <laughs> yeah. um, I just I think that's really awesome. Which um, one of the other things I want to t- uh, touch on briefly too, and it goes back to um, opening the world of this like zombie shit of if this really happened, like when um, during the birth scene or whatever, uh, and the older lady is is killed. There's a like a beat where the characters are standing around waiting for her to come back, and it's like they don't realize that she died of like she died of a bullet wound and that she's not going to come back to life like everything that they've seen each character individually through their experiences has seen come back to life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was super interesting that you don't necessarily see in a lot of these movies is you're coming into the movie informed of, okay, of course, headshot and, oh, they're undead and blah, 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 and a bite, you know, all of those preconceived notions. But maybe these people, zombies don't exist in their time period or whatever this movie is. there's also different rules and different yeah. situations for different zombie movies. Like, uh, it's been, God, far too long since I've seen the Romero movies. But I believe in the Romero movies, it does not need to be a death from a zombie to bring you back. At least mm. in Night. Uh, yeah, he might have, that's right. He might have changed that for the sequels. Um, but I also like to think, yeah, though, that like, in these situations where the characters could potentially be genre savvy, you also have to like consider that like how, can, like how easy is it to just like put a bullet in someone's head, even if you know theoretically that should kill a zombie. Like They have to come to terms with the reality of that world, too. I mean, yeah, I think that's true, but I feel like after two minutes of me seeing zombies in real life, in the real world, I would be willing to put a bullet into a corpse. Not a living person, but if Bakai Pfeiffer's already killed her, I'm doing it, (laughs) like, to be safe, you know? That's a good point. What would you do if someone was bitten? Would you kill them? Would you separate them? Would you wait for them to turn? Terry, let's start with you. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think you have to like quarantine them and give them a choice now or later. Like, you know. Yeah, but what if it was like your parent, where it was like, would you wait for them to turn guys, and say like, you know, I love you the whole time, or would you just go like, oh, sorry, you're. There's one clear answer. You get a machete, you hack, you amputate the bite area, (laughs) cauterize it, Mm -hmm. and, like, hope that that works. Okay, but in in this universe, though, you're infected, like, immediately. You're infected, you see it in the veins, but, like... Well, but, okay, but, so how much time really passes, though, determines, like, how quickly these people are dying, because, like... The the gal uh, the 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 wife Luda mm-hmm. like how 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 long did it take her to succumb to the, the infection? It seems from like just it took a single bite. A shitload of time per our discussion. The lady who's who's wheelbarrowed in with, exactly though, and it's like you're wheelbarrowing her in. Like I would be like, uh, let's <laughs> let's drop her off like in the ice rink or whatever. Or, you know. Well, but I think it's... again though, like the infection in her seems to spread really fast, and like everyone else too. Like the the dad, they got there, he was bitten. 
he got bitten like on the way there and then he died like that night that's why like, I think that's that fast with, with luda you have to think that the infection because it's a virus is also going into the womb and the embryo or not the embryo but like because i think she was like six months or didn't she it's say like she was fetus. like six yeah, months then you're fetus. just like the fetus and you're like see that's okay, why i so thought she, the baby that's was why i thought it was several months early but, but I think you guys might have been misreading it. I don't know how much time passed. I I was insinuating. I, I know because a like weeks. that's the thing. The infection spreads fast or it's or seemingly slow, and it's difficult to tell based on your metabolism. Uh, like I wonder if I got bit, I would just be like, oh, I'm gonna eat pizza and ice cream, and I'm gonna like try what and I was slow down this is, virus. I interpreted because she's like chained up that she had been a zombie for some time. Am I... No, remember she she doesn't actually turn until like, she dies. Yeah, like I feel like she turns when she dies. She's because she, she's she dies in the midst of labor, are and you, then she comes back. Are we sure on that? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, because you she... can see the change. You see the change in her eyes. Okay, I'm yeah. going he, to. I he, think you're probably he does right. That she's been marinating, or and then all of a sudden been, she's fucking ravenous. Marinating in mint jelly, baby. Yeah, the the belly is this nasty. It just God, looks it's gross. Sick. It's it, it's yeah. such a sweaty scene. That and it, it doesn't even look real. I mean, it, like, like it, and I don't mean to say that like it doesn't look like it doesn't, it doesn't look like, like she has become something not human. It's nasty looking. Well, I would even argue that Mackay Pfeiffer is inhuman at the end because it's the idea well, that you're but he's willing... being driven by like his brain is fucking but, broken. Like okay, also. Is he gonna breastfeed that zombie baby? Like, come on. He was come on, he's Mackay. not thinking that through. That's why the woman comes in and so shoots a I'm, zombie and then he kills her. I have it playing now. Uh she is unconscious and then he touches her and she is like clearly a zombie before she gives right. birth. So No, she but has... remember he, he he doesn't put the thing on her mouth until after she like actually like stops breathing though. Which was kind no. of funny. T- yeah, this totally. is before he she gives birth. The gag in. Yeah, I know, she... but go go to the gag part though. Yeah, look, look at how much more violent she is. That's what he's doing. He's trying to put it in. But uh, but like, didn't she stop breathing though? I guess. Yeah. I guess this clip might have stopped or started right after that. Yeah, you're right. God, that that makes it so much dumber. Be- I know. Is it like a big plot hole, or are we just like? I mean, I I don't, don't want to be somebody who fixates I'm... on a plot hole, but. That clearly implies it's been three months, but she got bit, like... In the beginning. Yeah. Like, the first the first couple of days, yeah. So, that's really confusing. Anyways. <laughs> what, do, what do you think... Um, we were, uh, did we all do our saving faces? Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, what... Yeah. Being that we're starting, um... Zack Snyder with Dawn of the Dead and uh, up to this recording his most recent film is Army of the Dead what do you think will what do you think we'll learn <laughs> between now and Army of the Dead do you think he'll revisit some of the things we dug about this movie in that one do you think that that will be I a mean, continuation of this one I've seen almost all of his movies uh yeah, most too. of them fairly recently and i've only seen the owl movie just kidding <laughs> i've only seen that eight times i haven't seen anything else i don't know what if anything we will learn uh, yeah i'm like trying to think like 
what could possibly and is there like really a through line between this and and uh army like i don't know i i will get there when we get there but i think his True. first few movies uh indicate some really talented and interesting ideas at least yeah. in terms of the filming of action and whatnot that kind of get wasted in the DC universe. But I think he's he's got some talent and I I'm approaching his films all with an open mind. I Same. was was not a fan of his DC stuff, but I am curious to revisit it. I can't wait to revisit it just a month after I've already watched the Justice League <laughs> five hour. That I came out this March. It's been it's been a changed. while. I hate it. Uh, but yeah, I'm coming in with open mind too. Who knows? Um, I mean, and, and Dawn is a really strong debut. Yeah, I'm in, also really excited to revisit 300 and Watchmen because I remember I'm, both of them being really interesting movies that didn't necessarily work for me at the time, but that had a lot of potential. Well, I mean, we're we're starting off with like the fact that right out the gates, he remade Dawn of the Dead, like George R. Romero's quintessential, like one of the best movies, not only in like, like horror circles and stuff like it, it was, it's like people know of that movie. Like it is a huge movie. Um, the idea that you could remake that for 26 million bucks and earn over a hundred million dollars at the box office and then continue that momentum it's kind of fascinating. Like I would never have uh, remade, like even touched one of the Romero movies or anything. So I, I kind of love that he does his own thing. And granted, that goes away from him a little bit when we get into the DC universe stuff. But uh, this is such a strong movie. Like I'm, I'm really, um, uh, you know, I recommend anyone to check it out. Like it's. Uh, I don't think it's scary. It's not like there's a lot of scene. Like I can't think of any scene that was like something's gonna jump out at you and like shock you or scare you. Nah, it's just there's no real jump scares. It's just but, gore. But that's kind of what you know. The Romero movies are kind of like is it's showing you that sometimes even the worst and of course this is like cliche, but the worst uh, villains are typically not the undead but the humans. Um, right. And I kind of love this because it's showing what could possibly happen if this happened, if a bunch of people from different backgrounds, mostly white people, just have to say that. But uh, I mean, it's Wisconsin. Up. That's true. In in a in a mall, and I kind of love the uh, boiler plate of that. And I think that uh, this is a great strong debut that I, I super super recommend. Like even if you have preconceived notions about. Zack Snyder or zombies or anything. This is a really strong movie of like the 2000s and if the the opening 10 minutes don't grab you then I don't know what to tell you. Hell yeah. And uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe and all that jazz. Catch us next week when we are talking 300. We're not talking 300. <laughs> Just kidding.